27, is, gazelles and the ostrich. There is a complete blank in the distribution of this last between the districts to the south of the Zambezi and those of East Africa between Victorianians and the Indian Ocean. The giraffe is found in the Luanga Valley, it is also met with in the extreme northeast of the country. The ordinary African rhinoceros is still occasionally, but very rarely, seen in the Shire Highlands. The African elephant is fairly common throughout the whole territory. Lions and leopards are very abundant, the zebra is still found in great numbers, and belongs to the Central African variety Umperchos zebra, which is completely striped down to the hoofs, and is intermediate in many particulars between the true zebra of the mountains and Perchos zebra of the plains. The principal antelopes found are the sable and the roan hippotragus, five species of kobus or waterbuck the paku, the senga paku, the lechwe, crochise waterbuck and the common waterbuck, the pella, sesega de maliscus, hartebeest, brindled new perhaps two species, several dwickers including the large cephalophus sylvicultrix, clipspringer, oribi, steinbuck and reedbuck, among trichlaps are two or more bushbucks, the inyala. The water trichlaplin notragus silusi, the kudu and living stone zealand. The only buffalo is the common cape species. The hyena is the spotted kind. The hunting dog is present. There are some seven species of monkeys, including two baboons and one calaboose. The hippopotamus is found in the lakes and rivers, and all these sheets of water are infested with crocodiles, apparently belonging to but one species, the common Nile crocodile. Inhabitants. The human race is represented by only one indigenous native type the Negro. No trace is anywhere found of a Hamitic intermixture unless perhaps at the north end of Lake Nyasa, where the physique of the native Awankhand recalls that of the Nilotic Negro. Arabs from Zanzibar have settled in the country, but not, as far as is known, earlier than the beginning of the 19th century, as the present writer takes the general term, Negro, to include equally the Bantu, Hogtot, Bushman and Congo Pygmy. This designation will cover all the natives of British Central Africa. The Bantu races, however, exhibit in some parts signs of Hogtot or Bushman intermixture, and there are legends in some mountain districts, especially Mount Mlanje, of the former existence of a mixed Bushman tribes, while Bushman stone implements are found at the south end of Tanganyika. At the present day the population island as a rule, of a black or chocolate-colored Negro type, and belongs, linguistically, entirely and exclusively to the Bantu family. The languages spoken offer several very interesting forms of Bantu speech, notably in the districts between the north end of Lake Nyasa, the south end of Lake Tanganyika, and the river Luapula. In the more or less plateau country included within these geographical limits, the Bantu dialects are of an archaic type, and to the present writer it has seemed as though one of them, Kibembra or Kiwemba, came near to the original form of the Bantu mother language though not nearer than the interesting Subia of southern Baratsiland, through dialects spoken on the west and north of Tanganyika. These languages of northeastern Rhodesia and northern Nyasaland and of the Kafukwe Basin are connected with the Bantua languages of Uganda. They also offer a slight resemblance to Zulukafer, and it would seem as though the Zulukafer race must have come straight down from the countries to the northeast of Tanganyika, across the Zambezi, to their present home. Curiously enough, some hundreds of years after the southward migration, intestine wars and conflicts actually determined a northeastward return migration of Zulus. From Matabeleland, Zulu tribes crossed the Zambezi at various periods commencing from about 1820, and gradually extended their ravages and dominion over the plateaus to the west, north and northeast of Lake Nyasa. 
The Zulu language is still spoken by the dominating caste in West Nyasaland. See further Zululand, Ethnology, Rhodesia, Ethnology, and Yaws. As regards foreign settlers in this part of Africa, the Arabs may be mentioned first, though they are now met with only in very small numbers. The Arabs undoubtedly first heard of this rich country rich not alone in natural products such as ivory, but also in slaves of good quality from their settlements near the delta of the river Zambezi and these settlements may date back to an early period, and might be coeval with the suggested pre-Islamite Arab settlements in the gold-bearing regions of Southeast Africa, but the Arabs do not seem to have made much progress in their penetration of the country in the days before firearms, and when firearms came into use they were for a long time forestalled by the Portuguese, who ousted them from the Zambezi. But about the beginning of the 19th century the increasing power and commercial enterprise of the Arab Sultanate of Zanzibar caused the Arabs of Mascot and Zanzibar to march inland from the east coast. They gradually founded strong slave trading settlements on the east and west coasts of Lake Nyasa, and thence westwards to Tanganyika and the Luapula. They never came in great numbers, however, and, except here and there on the coast of Lake Nyasa, have left no mixed descendants in the population. The total native population of all British Central Africa is about 2.000.000, that of the Nyasaland Protectorate being officially estimated in 1907 at 927.355. Of Europeans the Protectorate possesses about 600 to 700 settlers, including some 100 officials, for the European population of the other territories, see Rhodesia. The Europeans of British Central Africa are chiefly natives of the United Kingdom or South Africa, but there are a few Germans, Dutchmen, French, Italians and Portuguese. The Protectorate has also attracted a number of Indian traders over 400, besides whom about 150 British Indian soldiers Sikhs are employed as the nucleus of an armed force. Trade and Communications the total value of the trade of the Protectorate in the year 1899-1900 was L255.384, showing an increase of 75 on the figures for the previous year, 1898-1899. Imports were valued at L176.035, an increase of 62, and exports at L79.449, an increase of 109. In 1905-1906 the imports reached L222.581 and the exports L56.778. The value of imports into the Rhodesian provinces during the same period was about L50.000, excluding railway material, and the exports L18.000. The principal exports are besides minerals coffee, cotton, tobacco, rubber and ivory. A number of Englishmen and Scotsmen perhaps 200 are settled, mainly in the Shire Highlands, as coffee planters. From the chin mouth of the Zambezi to Port Herald on the lower Shire communication is maintained by light draught steamers, though in the dry season April-November steamers cannot always ascend as far as Port Herald, and barges have to be used to complete the voyage. A railway runs from Port Herald to Blantyre, the commercial capital of the Shire Highlands, the Cape to Cairo Railway which crossed the Zambezi in 1905 and the Kafukwe in 1906, reached the Broken Hill Mine in 1907, and in 1909 was continued to the frontier of Belgian Congo. There are regular services by steamer between the ports on Lakes Nyasa and Tanganyika. The African Transcontinental Telegraph Line founded by Cecil Rhodes runs through the Protectorate, and a branch line has been established from Lake Nyasa to Fort Jameson.
the present headquarters of the chartered company in northeastern Rhodesia. Towns. The principal European settlement or town is Blantyre at a height of about 3,000 feet above the sea. In the Shire Highlands, this place was named after Livingstone's birthplace, and was founded in 1876 by the Church of Scotland Mission, the government capital of the Protectorate. However, is Zamba, at the base of the mountain of that name. Other townships or sites of European settlements are Port Herald on the Lower Shire, Chirono at the junction of the Rwo and the Shire, Fort Anderson on Mount Melange, Fort Johnston near the outlet of the River Shire from the south end of Lake Nyasa, Kotakot and Bandai on the west coast of Lake Nyasa, Likoma on an island off the east coast of Lake Nyasa, Karanga on the northwest coast of Lake Nyasa, Fife on the Nyasa Tanganyika Plateau, Fort James on capital of Andy Rhodesia, near the river Luangwa, Abercorn on the south end of Lake Tanganyika, Kalunwazai on the east coast of Lake Mwiru and Fort Rosebury near the Johnston Falls on the Luapula Upper Congo. Administration, the present political divisions of the country V.04P.0597 are as follows, the Nyasa Land Protectorate, i.e. the districts surrounding Lake Nyasa and the Shire Province, are administered directly under the imperial government by a governor who acts under the orders of the colonial office. The governor is assisted by an executive council and by a nominated legislative council, which consists of at least three members, the districts to the westward, forming the provinces of northeastern and northwestern Rhodesia, are governed by two administrators of the British South Africa Chartered Company, in consultation with the governor of Nyasaland and the colonial office. History. The history of the territory dealt with above is recent and slight. Apart from the vague Portuguese wanderings during the 16th and 17th centuries, the first European explorer of any education who penetrated into this country was the celebrated Portuguese official, Dr. F. J. Angelicer de Almeida, who journeyed from Tati on the Zambezi to the vicinity of Lake Mweru. But the real history of the country begins with the advent of David Livingstone, who in 1859 penetrated up the Shire River and discovered Lake Nyasa. Livingstone's subsequent journeys to the south end of Tanganyika, to a Lake Mwiru and to a Lake Bonwiwilu where he died in 1873, opened up this important part of South Central Africa and centered in at British interests in a very particular manner. Livingstone's death was soon followed by the entry of various missionary societies, who commenced the evangelization of the country, and these missionaries, together with a few Scottish settlers, steadily opposed the attempts of the Portuguese to extend their sway in this direction from the adjoining provinces of Mocambique and of the Zambezi. From out of the missionary societies grew a trading company, the African Lakes Trading Corporation. This body came into conflict with a number of Arabs who had established themselves on the north end of Lake Nyasa. About 1885 a struggle began between Arab and Britain for the possession of the country, which was not terminated until the year 1896. The African Lakes Corporation in its unofficial war enlisted volunteers, amongst whom were Captain afterwards Sir F. D. Lugard and Mr. afterwards Sir Alfred Sharp. Both these gentlemen were wounded, and the operations they undertook were not crowned with complete success. In 1889 Mr. afterwards Sir H. H. Johnston was sent out to endeavor to effect a possible arrangement of the dispute between the Arabs and the African Lakes Corporation and also to ensure the protection of friendly native chiefs from Portuguese aggression beyond a certain point. The outcome of these efforts and the treaties made was the creation of the British Protectorate and sphere of influence north of the Zambezi Sea Africa, seconds 5.
1891 Johnston returned to the country as Imperial Commissioner and Consul General. In the interval between 1889 and 1891 Mr. Alfred Sharp, on behalf of Cecil Rhodes, had brought a large part of the country into treaty with the British South Africa Company. These territories northern Rhodesia were administered for four years by Sir Harry Johnston in connection with the British Central Africa Protectorate. Between 1891 and 1895 a long struggle continued, between the British authorities on the one hand and the Arabs and Mohammedan Yaws on the other, regarding the suppression of the slave trade. By the beginning of 1896 the last Arab stronghold was taken and the Yaws were completely reduced to submission. Then followed, during 1896-1898, wars with the Zulu Angoni tribes, who claimed to dominate and harass the native populations to the west of Lake Nyasa. The Angoni having been subdued, and the British South Africa Company having also quelled the turbulent Ottoman Basha Kulumbwe, there is a reasonable hope of the country enjoying a settled peace and considerable prosperity. This prospect has been, indeed, already realized to a considerable extent, though the increase of commerce has scarcely been as rapid as was anticipated. In 1897, on the transference of Sir Harry Johnston to Tunis, the commissionership was conferred on Mr. Alfred Sharp, who was created a KCNG in 1903. In 1904 the administration of the protectorate, originally directed by the Foreign Office, was transferred to the Colonial Office. In 1907, on the change in the title of the protectorate, the designation of the chief official was altered from commissioner to governor, and executive and legislative councils were established. The mineral surveys and railway construction commenced under the Foreign Office were carried on vigorously under the Colonial Office. The increased revenue, from L51.000 in 1901-1902 to L76.000 in 1905-1906, for the protectorate alone see also Rhodesia, is an evidence of increasing prosperity. Expenditure in excessive revenue was met by grants and aid from the Imperial Exchequer. So far as the Nyasaland Protectorate is concerned, the British South Africa Company finances the remainder. The native population is well disposed towards European rule, having, indeed, at all times furnished the principal contingent of the armed force with which the African Lakes Company, British South Africa Company or the British government endeavored to oppose Arab, Zulu or Ottoman aggression. The Protectorate government maintains three gunboats on Lake Nyasa and the British South Africa Company unarmed steamer on Lake Tanganyika. Unfortunately, though so rich and fertile, the land is not as a rule very healthy for Europeans, though there are signs of improvement in this respect. The principal scourges are black water fever and dysentery, besides ordinary malarial fever, malarial ulcers, pneumonia and bronchitis. The climate is agreeable, and except in the low-lying districts is never unbearably hot, while on the high mountain plateaus frost frequently occurs during the dry season. See narrative of an expedition to the Zambezi, and see, by David and Charles Livingstone 1865, Last Journals of David Livingstone, edited by the Ref. Horace Waller 1874, El Monte Thuringham, Adventures in Nyasaland 1891, Henry Drummond, Tropical Africa Fourth Education 1891, Ref. D.C. Scott. An Encyclopedic Dictionary of the Manganja Language, as spoken in British Central Africa 1891, Sir H. H. Johnston, British Central Africa Second Education 1898, Miss A. Werner, The Natives of British Central Africa 1906, John Buchanan, The Shire Highlands 1885, Lionel Dickla, 
Three Years in Savage Africa 1898, H. L. Duff. Nyasaland under the Foreign Office 1903, J. S. Moore. The Tanganyika Problem 1904, articles on Northeastern and Northwestern Rhodesia chiefly by Frank Milland in the Journal of the African Society 1902-1906, annual reports on British Central Africa published by the Colonial Office, various linguistic works by Miss A. Werner, the Ref. Govan Robertson, Dr. R. Laws, A. C. Madon, Father Torrent and Miss Yodisha Kott, H. H. J. The nomenclature of several of these rivers is perplexing. It should be borne in mind that the Luanga also known as the Lunga is a tributary of the Luangwekafukwe, itself often called Kafue, and that the Luangwa or Luangwa is an independent affluent of the Zambezi QV. The organized armed forces and police are under the direction of the imperial government throughout British Central Africa, and number about 8801506, 730 Negroes and 14 British officers, British Columbia, the western province of the Dominion of Canada. It is bounded on the east by the continental watershed in the Rocky Mountains, until this, in its northwesterly course, intersects 120 degrees W which is followed north to 60 degrees and thus including within the province a part of the Peace River country to the east of the mountains. The southern boundary is formed by 49 degrees N and the strait separating Vancouver Island from the state of Washington. The northern boundary is 60 degrees and the western the Pacific Ocean upon which the province fronts for about 600 meters and the coast strip of Alaska for a further distance of 400 meters Vancouver Island and the Queen Charlotte Islands, as well as the smaller islands lying off the western coast of Canada, belong to the province of British Columbia. Physical Features British Columbia is essentially a mountainous country, for the Rocky Mountains which in the United States lie to the east of the Great Basin, on running to the north bear toward the west and approach the ranges which border the Pacific coast. Thus British Columbia comprises practically the entire width of what has been termed the Cordillera or Cordilleran Belt of North America. Between the parallels of latitude above indicated, there are two ruling mountain systems in this belt the Rocky Mountains proper on the northeast side, and the coast range on the southwest or Pacific side. Between these are subordinate ranges to which various local names have been given, as well as the interior plateau, an elevated tract of hilly country the hill summits having an accordant altitude, which lies to the east of the coast range, the several ranges, having been produced by successive foldings of the Earth's crust in a direction parallel to the border of the Pacific Ocean, have a common trend which is southeast and northwest, Vancouver Island and the Queen Charlotte Islands are remnants of still another mountain range, which runs parallel to the coast but is now almost entirely submerged beneath the waters of the Pacific. The province might be said to consist of a series of parallel mountain ranges with long narrow valleys lying between them. The Rocky Mountains are composed chiefly of Paleozoic sediments ranging in age from the Cambrian to the Carboniferous, with subordinate enfolded areas of Cretaceous which hold coal. The average height of the range along the United States boundary is 8,000 feet but the range culminates between the latitudes of 51 degrees and 53 degrees the highest peak in the Canadian Rockies being Mount Robson. 13.700 V.04 P.05984 Although the highest peak in British Columbia is Mount Fairweather on the international boundary, which rises to 15.287 feet. Other high peaks in the Rocky Mountains of Canada are Columbia, 12.740 feet, Forbes, 12.075, Assiniboine, 11.860, Bryce, 11.686, Temple, 11.626, Lyle. 
11.463. There are a number of passes over the Rocky Mountains, among which may be mentioned, beginning from the south, the South Kootenai Yor Boundary Pass, 7100 feet, the Crow's Nest Pass, 5500 This is traversed by the southern branch of the Canadian Pacific Railway and crosses Great Coal Fields, the Kicking Horse or Watta Pass. 5300 which is traversed by the main line of the Canadian Pacific Railway, the Athabasca Pass. 6025, the Yellowhead Pass. 3733 which will probably be used by the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway, the Pine River Pass. 2850, and the Peace River Pass. 2000, through which the Peace River flows. The Coast Range, sometimes called the Cascade Range borders the Pacific coast for 900 meters and gives to it its remarkable character. To its partially submerged transverse valleys are due the excellent harbors on the coast, the deep sounds and inlets which penetrate far inland at many points, as well as the profound and gloomy fjords and the stupendous precipices which render the coastline an exaggerated reproduction of that of Norway. The coast island in fact, one of the most remarkable in the world, measuring with all its indentations 7,000 meters in the aggregate, and being fringed with an archipelago of innumerable islands, of which Vancouver Island and the Queen Charlotte Islands are the largest. Along the southwestern side of the Rocky Mountains is a very remarkable valley of considerable geological antiquity, in which some seven of the great rivers of the Pacific Slope, among them the Kootenai, Columbia, Fraser and Finlay, flow for portions of their upper courses. This valley, which is from 1 to 6 meters in width, can be traced continuously for a length of at least 800 meters. One of the most important rivers of the province is the Fraser, which, rising in the Rocky Mountains, flows for a long distance to the northwest, and then turning south eventually crosses the coast range by a deep canton-like valley and empties into the Strait of Georgia, a few miles south of the city of Vancouver, the Columbia, which rises farther south in the same range flows north for about 150 meters crossing the main line of the Canadian Pacific Railway at Donald, and then bending abruptly back upon its former course, flows south, recrossing the Canadian Pacific Railway at Revelstoke, and on through the Arrow Lakes in the Kootenai country into the United States, emptying into the Pacific Ocean at Astoria in the state of Oregon. These lakes, as well as the other large lakes in southern British Columbia, remain open throughout the winter. In the northwestern part of the province the Skeena flows southwest into the Pacific, and still farther to the north the Stikine rises in British Columbia, but before entering the Pacific crosses the coast strip of Alaska. The Leard, rising in the same district, flows east and falls into the Mackenzie, which empties into the Arctic Ocean. The headwaters of the Yukon are also situated in the northern part of the province. All these rivers are swift and are frequently interrupted by rapids, so that, as means of communication for commercial purposes, they are of indifferent value. Wherever lines of railway are constructed, they lose whatever importance they may have held in this respect previously. At an early stage in the glacial period British Columbia was covered by the Cordilleran Glacier, which moved southeastwards and northwestwards, in correspondence with the ruling features of the country, from a gathering ground situated in the vicinity of the 57th parallel. Ice from this glacier poured through passes in the coast ranges, and to a lesser extent debouched upon the edge of the Great Plains. Beyond the Rocky Mountain Range, the Great Valley between the coast ranges and Vancouver Island was also occupied by a glacier that moved in both directions from a central point in the vicinity of Valdez Island, 
the effects of this glacial action and of the long periods of erosion preceding it and of other physiographic changes connected with its passing away, had most important bearings on the distribution and character of the gold-bearing alluviums of the province. Climate. The subjoined figures relating to temperature and precipitation are from a table prepared by Mr. R. F. Stupart, director of the Meteorological Service. The station at Victoria may be taken as representing the conditions of the southern part of the coast of British Columbia, although the rainfall is much greater on exposed parts of the outer coast. Agassiz represents the Fraser Delta and Canlips the southern interior district. The mean temperature naturally decreases to the northward of these selected stations, both along the coast and in the interior, while the precipitation increases. The figures given for Port Simpson are of interest as the Pacific terminus of the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway will be in this vicinity. Absolute mean temp. Fire. Temperature. Coldest warmest average highest. Lowest. Month. Month. Annual. Victoria January 37.5 degrees July 60.3 degrees 48.8 degrees 90 degrees 1 degree Agassiz January 33.0 degrees August 64.7 degrees 48.9 degrees 97 degrees 13 degrees Canlips January 24.2 degrees August 68.5 degrees 47.1 degrees 101 degrees 27 degrees Port Simpson January 34.9 degrees August 56.9 degrees 45.1 degrees 88 degrees 10 degrees rainfall inches wettest driest average month month annual victoria december 7.98 july 4 37.77 agassiz december 9.43 july 1.55 66.85 canlips july 1.61 april 37 11.46 port simpson october 12.4 to june 4.37 94.6348 degrees 24 and 123 degrees 19 w height 85 feet 49 degrees 14 and 121 degrees 31 w height 50 2 feet 50 degrees 41 and 120 degrees 29 w height 11 93 feet 54 degrees 34 and 130 degrees 26 w height 26 feet fauna among the larger mammals are the big horn or mountain sheep ovis canadensis the rocky mountain goat mazama montana the grizzly bear moose woodland caribou black-tailed or mule deer white-tailed deer and coyote all these are to be found only on the mainland the black bear, wolf, puma, lynx, wapiti, and Colombian or coast deer are common to parts of both mainland and islands. Of marine mammals the most characteristic are the sea lion, fur seal, sea otter and harbor seal. About 340 species of birds are known to occur in the province, among which, as of special interest, may be mentioned the burrowing owl of the dry, interior region, the American magpie, stellar's jay and a true nutcracker. Clark's Crocus Acorvus Columbianus, True Jays and Orioles are also well represented. The Colinacea whose birds include the large blue grouse of the coast, replaced in the Rocky Mountains by the dusky grouse. The western form of the spruce partridge of eastern Canada is also abundant, together with several forms referred to the genus Monasa, generally known as partridges or rough grouse. Ptarmigans also abound in many of the higher mountain regions. Of the anatidae only passing mention need be made. During the spring and autumn migrations many species are found in great abundance, but in the summer a smaller number remain to breed, chief among which are the teal, mallard, wood duck, spoonbill, pintail, buffalo head, redhead, canvas bath, scop duck, and sea, 
area and population. The area of British Columbia is 357.600 square meters and its population by the census of 1901 was 190.000. Since that date this has been largely increased by the influx of miners and others, consequent upon the discovery of precious metals in the Kootenai, Boundary and Adlin districts. Much of this is a floating population, but the opening up of the valleys by railway and new lines of steamboats, together with the settlements made in the vicinity of the Canadian Pacific Railway, has resulted in a considerable increase of the permanent population. The white population comprises men of many nationalities. There is a large Chinese population. The census of 1901 returning 14.201. The influx of Chinamen has, however, practically ceased. Owing to the tax of 500 per head imposed by the government of the Dominion, many Japanese had also come in. The Japanese are engaged chiefly in lumbering and fishing, but the Chinese are found everywhere in the province. Great objection is taken by the white population to the increasing number of Mongolians, owing to their competition with whites in the labor markets. The Japanese do not appear to be so much disliked, as they adapt themselves to the ways of white men, but they are equally objected to on the score of cheap labor, and in 1907-1908 considerable friction occurred with the Dominion government over the anti-Japanese attitude of British Columbia, which was shown in some rather serious riots. In the census of 1901 the Indian population is returned at 25.488, of these 20.351 are professing Christians and 5137 are pagans. The Indians are divided into very many tribes, under local names but fall naturally on linguistic grounds into a few large groups. Thus the southern part of the interior is occupied by the Salish and Kootenai, and the northern interior by the Tine or Athapakan people. On the coast are the Haida, Chinchian, Kwakiatl, Nootka, and about the Gulf of Georgia various tribes related to the Salish proper. There is no treaty with the Indians of British Columbia, as with those of the Plains, for the relinquishment of their title to the land, but the government otherwise assists them. There is an Indian superintendent at Victoria, and under him are nine agencies throughout the province to attend to the Indians relieving their sick and destitute, supplying them with seed and implements, settling their disputes and administering justice. The Indian fishing stations and burial grounds are reserved, and other land has been set apart for them for agricultural and pastoral purposes. A number of schools have been established for their education. They were at one time a dangerous element but are now quiet and peaceable. The chief cities are Victoria, the capital, on Vancouver Island, and Vancouver on the mainland, New Westminster on the Fraser and Nanaimo on Vancouver Island, Roseland and Nelson in West Kootenay, as well as Fernie in East Kootenay and Grand Forks in the Boundary District, are also places of importance. Mining. Mining is the principal industry of British Columbia. The country is rich in gold, silver, copper, lead and coal and has also iron deposits. From 1894 to 1904 the mining output increased from 4.225.717 to area code 1897735. In 1905 it had reached area code 2246295. The principal minerals, in order of value of output, are gold, copper, coal, lead and silver. Between 1858 the year of the placer discoveries on the Fraser River and in the Caribou District and 1882, the placer yields were much heavier than in subsequent years, running from one to nearly four million dollars annually, but there was no quartz mining, since 1899 placer mining has increased considerably, 
although the greater part of the return has been from load mining, the Roseland, the Boundary and the Kootenai districts are the chief centers of vein mining, yielding auriferous and cupriferous sulfide ores, as well as large quantities of silver-bearing lead ores, ores of copper and the precious metals are being prospected and worked also, in several places along the coast and on Vancouver Island, the mining laws are liberal, and being based on the experience gained in the adjacent mining centers of the western states, are convenient.